Crew Pros, your single source for high-quality, affordable home services. If you are remodeling, repairing, or replacing, Crew Pros are the professionals that can do the job no matter the size. If you are thinking of remodeling your kitchen or bath, needing a new HVAC system, plumbing repairs, flooring, or a complete roof replacement, call Crew Pros. Crew Pros, proud sponsor of the Grizz 901 podcast. Memphis, 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 what up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. We are presented by Zach Jaworski State Farm, where they treat you like family. I'm your host, Daniel Greer, and the founding member, another <laughs> host. I was once a part of his family on his show, the Free Basketball Crew. We only have one of them. This is news to us. The other one, <laughs> listen, the chief one. Big Chiefs fan, he's probably chiefing it up, you know what I mean? All right, what's up, Ryan? <laughs> Doing all right. If you uh, have been following free basketball at all, you know that this is not uncommon. Um, no. This happens all the time with my co-host, Cody. So I don't know if he's going to show up at any point. He could be asleep or <laughs> we he's don't know. not asleep. We he's just not asleep. We have There's, no idea. Yeah. I've texted him multiple times. I've even called him. Was going to do it live on air, but we did it backstage. Um, yeah. We're going to try again live. Oh, sorry. I just blew up my mic. We're going to try live <laughs> on air. We're going to call Cody, okay? So that might be dangerous, and there's probably some bleeps, but that's for a whole other deal. <laughs> but we're going to try to call Cody later on. But um, let's hey, let's get into it. The Grizzlies, they won. I know. Finally. I know it's weird. It's weird for me. It uh, feels like our first time. But the, the Grizzlies won 112-100. Talk about a great game out of Taylor Jenkins. A great game out of Jaron Jackson Jr. Great game out of John Morant. What's your thoughts on the game overall, Ryan? Yeah, I was depressed after the first half. I was like, oh, Lord, here we go again. Um, and then the third quarter, John Triple, Day, Triple J didn't come out. Um, and they just the intensity picked up defensively, especially, and uh, finally put a run together and put the Pacers in their rear view mirror, a very cool. bad Pacers team. Yeah. No, they are down. So they're down 12 at half, right? And my first thoughts are, what are we doing? Like nothing, nothing is going right. Um, if you look at the box score, the plus minus in general, and this means nothing. But Dylan was minus 13 and a half. Jaron was minus 11 and a half. Xavier Tillman was minus 15. David Roddy was a minus 15 at halftime. Okay. I, I don't even know what they ended up at. Uh, let me look, let me go ahead and look at our scores real quick. I haven't got the last book from the Grizzlies just yet. They must be, you know what, trying to uh, adjust the stats, if you know what I mean. Um, or they're run by Cody. Yeah. Yeah. Cody. And he's, yeah. <laughs> All right, so Jaron was what? Whatever was he? Minus whatever, and he ended up at a plus nineteen, plus nineteen. Clark plus two, uh, Dylan Brooks plus one, right? But if you look at Xavier Tillman, he was a minus fifteen and a half. He ended at a minus one, and David Roddy, talking about coming back half. First half was atrocious. Second half was much better. He was a minus fifteen first half. He ended with a plus eleven. That's a huge swing just overall. And so I just give a shout out to those guys because I think it's one of those things that as a player, as, as anybody that's played anything, sometimes nothing's just going right. Whatever yeah. is happening is just not, nothing's gelling. Uh, I had a game like that personally today. I, whatever happened, I don't even know. It was terrible. <laughs> Worst game I've had in years, but um that's kind of what it looked like, right? But, right? but the Grizzlies, like, they found a way to win, and I think that's more important than really just blowing a team out, in all honesty. Yeah, I – at one point when I looked at the stats, I think the Grizzlies were shooting, like, 15% from three. Mm. 
and like right at 30% or sub 30% from the floor, I believe. And that's why I think those two big Zaire threes in the third, or I believe is third, maybe is the fourth, but um, that's why it felt so big, right? Because we right. just could not make anything. And we still shot 24% from three for the game. Like not, I mean, just awful, just atrocious. But those two Zaire threes were just massive. And it was yeah. helping to kind of keep the momentum on our side. So I thought that when it finally, we we connected on a couple, it really felt like it kept gaining steam and the snowball started to roll downhill. Yeah, no, no doubt. And all right, so let's get into a little bit of Zaire. And I, I don't know where in the world this conversation is going to go. This one, I don't know where the entire <laughs> show is going to go. We have not planned anything because we have enough, um, I guess, uh, previous work together. We can figure yeah. out where this conversation is going to go and just kind of let it go. So I, Let's go straight into Zaire. There's been so much talk about him, just in general. Sure. Do you believe in him as a player on the Grizzlies right now, future, whatever? Um, yes to all of it. I do. Yeah. Uh, I think for this year specifically, it's just more about reps, right? And I know that multiple people on different shows on our network have, you know, have said he should go to South Haven, get his confidence back and all that and that's fine would you uh, do that if you were the coach or the gm or whoever would you hold him hostage and send him down not maybe not hold the don't way hold him hostage but no know. not hold him hostage but <laughs> not with the way that like our lineup is right now right like we've got multiple people out like there's no point even okay. if it was a full strength roster i still probably wouldn't um i am curious about the minute stuff I don't get why is it just not trust from Taylor because basically it's he's asked to hit open threes and that's about it right like play solid defense and hit open threes and he just hasn't been hitting open threes um but you see when he does hit a couple how much it lifts everything yeah. else because even though he'll have a mistake on defense at least he's trying right and that's kind of half the battle with a lot of these regular season games. And especially with the Grizzlies first half or second half is try not trying versus trying. Um, and so I, I would keep him. I get why people go South Haven. I won't say they're wrong for that. Um, I don't think any route probably hurts him, but I think that real NBA reps is helpful. Like everything that he screwed up against the Warriors game to me is helpful. I, I don't see it as a negative. Now it's a okay. negative for that one game, uh, but yeah. I would rather him do it mid January than, you know, round one against the seventh seed, right? Like obviously that's a big building block teaching moment. Now he yeah. kind of understands and knows. Um, yeah. And so it is about the shooting, like how you think the shooting's going to project. And he just hasn't shot very well at all in his career so far. So that's really the only thing for me, but I would keep him regardless. Okay, well, <clears throat> two things. One, one, don't let me forget the sophomore slump. Uh, let, let me let me go back to that. Uh, but first, on, on Zaire, his job is to be a 3 and D. Like, what else are we expecting him to be? Like, like at one point during the season last year, people were talking about him coming in and being an actual starter and being the – ultimate three and D the replacement for Dylan Brooks. Mm -hmm. And I yep. get it. Like I, I have my scenarios on why people might slump now in the second year compared to be where it used to be a breakout. Right. Uh, we'll, we'll hit on that. And I'll ask that question later, but I just, I just think that's his, his role is going to be that. And I, I know you've spoken on, and I know you've spoken in the past about his, his role on this team. Like what, what do you, what, what is his role then? Because if it's not, if it's not three and D then I don't know if, if this is the right team for him. Yeah. I, it's definitely three and D I know they experimented in the summer with his creation. Right. And it's just not there. And it's probably a long time away from being anything that you could rely on for this team. Um, right. But I think he's an eighth man. Like ultimately I think that's what he is. Okay. Like I'm fine with that. <clears throat> like he played playoff minutes last year. I think he played like 10 games or something like that. And, you know, had to play a little more with, you know, especially against the Warriors and the Dylan being suspended. So all that stuff is helpful, I think. And then he just had this real big setback with the knee thing. 
Um, the thing about him with like, maybe this is jumping the gun on your sophomore slump kind of talk, but probably have you looked at that draft class? Like I looked at it recently because I was interested, right? Because it felt like we were, you know, we were kind of shooting, we were going for risk, right? Like high risk, high reward with Zaire at 10. Look at that draft. Like we're talking about Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, have people questioned both of their, you know, second years for not improving? Yeah, that's a topic conversation. Kate Cunningham has been injured. Um, the only one probably that you could say improved the most that is in that top 10 is Franz Wagner, right? Mm, like mm-hmm. Jonathan Kaminga's in that draft. Then look at the people that are right after Zaire. <laughs> like it's James Booknight who's not going to be on an NBA roster. Yeah, like it's just a bunch of players. Like I, I think Shingun's in that, and you can yeah, think whatever Opera you think Shingun, about Shingun. Trey Murphy, and um, Trey Murphy. You know that Trey Murphy was my personal favorite. He's what I wanted for the 17. Grizzlies. That's who I wanted originally for the Grizzlies before they did the trade, the Stephen Adams swap. Yeah. Um. But besides that, you look at that draft. Like it's kind of setting up to be one of the worst drafts that we've seen in mm. ten to fifteen years. So. I'm not excusing Zaire for that, but I think we have to kind of reevaluate maybe the talent in that draft. Now, I also think that Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, Kate Cunningham, all of them are going to be great NBA players eventually, which is how I think this will look for Zaire as well. But I'm not expecting to be Zaire to be a higher caliber player like those top three, top four draft picks. I'm expecting him to be a top eight rotation guy for a consistent top three seed in the West for the next however many years. Question. If uh, if you're doing the draft over right now. Yeah. Santi Aldama, top 10 draft pick. No. Wow. I think he goes top 20. Definitely top 20. Went 30 and he sucked. <laughs> but now that he's, he's decent... <laughs> Yeah, he hadn't played well lately, but now that he's yeah. decent, yeah, you're, he, the upside is there. Um, I, I think 10's tough, uh, but yeah, I think lottery, as, as Black Lives Matter said, I think lottery for sure, because I think he is a top you know, 14 best player in this draft. But I think that's uh, fair. Let, totally fair. I wouldn't argue against that at all, based on seeing everybody else, what they've done so far. <laughs> yeah, you better not. We will uh, take you out to the pasture. <laughs> Smell the flowers. Uh, uh, Ryan's here. He's with Free Basketball. Uh, they are. Uh, they used to be with. Uh, the, I guess the lead. You're still. We're still a part of the lead. Uh, but now, instead of running uh, with the the leads podcast network, I've kind of taken them in for ourselves. And so uh, they're now with Grizzly. So if you like more NBA takes, if you like to hear a little bit more about what's going on outside of the Grizzlies bubble. Uh, Join he's on the Grizz Not One podcast. Okay, so that's what we're doing this week is a crossover week. Uh, right now they have this stupid, dumbest, most funniest last mascot standing, <laughs> and that's why we really honestly wanted Cody on here because yes. he is he, he's the funny one. The me architect. and Ryan are yeah, he's me and Ryan are very much the same yeah. person in a sense. <laughs> um, we 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 have the same thought process a lot. He he's more um, I guess more in depth than I am. I am I'm not not at all smart. So I don't want to give myself that. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're doing a crossover week. So real quick. So we have, uh, obviously the free basketball crew on right now, uh, minus Cody, which literally we're going to call him. I promise you. He just um, might show up. You just never yeah. know. You yeah. really don't. Um, but then, uh, we also have the no bluffing podcast. They're going to have some people on, and I believe it's going to be you and Nathan from our show, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we're going to have your show, and your show, you're going to have Nate on there for the uh, last mascot standing, and then you're gonna, I think you're going to have Chris as well. So yeah. we're going to do a little bit of crossover. Uh, a lot of the co-hosts and people that come on with us are going to kind of have breaks this week. Uh, but uh, we're going to make sure we get, get everybody get, get a little bit of a flavor, a little appetizer. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's do it real quick. Let's get into the the question I had about the sophomore slump. Yeah. I feel like we're having more slumps because right now when, when young players come in and they actually produce in their first year, the league either A, figures them out a little bit, or B, they kind of hit the wall. And that's probably a little bit of both. It factors in a little bit to each. 
But it seems like these players that are playing really good in their first year, their second year, they kind of come back down to earth. And then the third year, they kind of go back up again. So it's a little yeah. bit of an up and down in the first three years. But I see a lot of the sophomore slumps happening. It, are my, my, my eyes deceiving me? No, definitely not with this class. And all of this with this class is really predicated on shooting, right? Now, Evan Mobley's kind of in a tougher situation with the Cavaliers. Like, it's a ready-made roster. Like, he's not just getting the ball every time. Like, he's a complimentary piece. But the knock on him, and like I said, with Scotty Barnes, has been shooting. Um, and Scotty Barnes' defense hasn't been great either, even though people assume he's a great defender. Um, he will be eventually, but all of these players, it's like, it's basically shooting, right? And yeah. Um, the situation is tough. Like Toronto's kind of tough. Like Kaminga with the Warriors. There's kind of a lot of sophomores who, you know, not really, not a ton of them are on really just god awful teams, right? Yeah. Where they can just put up numbers, especially for you know top ten guys. Um. I just I could see all of them bouncing back. Obviously, some will, some won't. Um, some will surprise us still. But like, if you're not really showing anything in year three, I mean, you're a top ten pick or a lottery pick. You def you usually get the benefit of the doubt. But if you're just right. not doing anything, like Jarrett Culver, like a team's just out on you pretty quick. Um, but if you're a lottery pick, typically you get that second contract to kind of see if. You know, it finally breaks through for you eventually. But sometimes yeah. guys, if they're not showing by year three, they're just gone. Like they're buried yeah. and they're done. Which, I mean, I guess that's the worst case scenario for Zaire is that he's our Jarrett Cole. Like mm. he's that player. Like, is wow. he going to be that guy? Um, because it's the same thing for Jarrett Culver, right? It was like he was tall, skinny. He was supposed to be a creator. That's what we saw at Texas Tech on the run of the national finals. Um, and the things he struggled with was creation and shooting the basketball. So I, that's the worst case scenario for Zaire. And I, I don't really see that happening, but anything is possible, I guess, in this league, right? Yeah. Well, I, I just think that, like tonight, for example, like he got the start. And we're talking about Zaire Williams. He, he got the start, but he only played 20 minutes which I guess you can't look into that too much because they kind of went with the hot hand, which, hey, listen, that's, you know, hat off to uh, Coach Jenkins on that, uh, that actually, like, ride your guys. And we needed this win today, okay? And it actually showed that, hey, I think there's a difference of coaching in regular season and a and difference of coaching in the playoffs because in the playoffs, that's kind of what it would be like. If your guys get hot, you ride them. But in the regular season, you don't want to get too too many miles on their tires because they obviously can hurt themselves get tired. It's a long regular season. Let's not get crazy here. <clears throat> and so I don't want to look into that too much on that. Um, but look at the other guys. What do you think we have with the rest of this team? Because we have so many young guys playing and we have, I think somebody just put out a stat that we have the fourth most bench minutes that are played each and every night compared to the rest of the league. And the rest of those other teams they're actually teams that are tanking or not doing good. So yeah. what do you make of our bench? And do you think they're, you know, are, are we okay? I think what the bench does doesn't matter, essentially. Um, I think they are the regular season take the wear off the tires, like you said. Okay. Um, it is the buffer to keep Ja from having to pull Toronto Raptors players minutes, right? Um, it's that he can play that 31 to 34 minutes. He doesn't have to play 38 to 42 just to get a win. Um, so I think it's a buffer in the playoffs. We've seen it for two years now. They don't play. They just don't. Um, like John Conchar, we can talk about John Conchar. We want dude didn't play in the playoffs last year. Hey, do you think he ever comes back? Uh, not, not He'll just, come back. Yeah. I'm not saying come back in general. Do you think that this was the worst possible time for him to be concussed? Because when he comes back, like he, like yeah. if Roddy's playing well, and even effing Xavier Tillman, like 
there's other guys that are doing more productive stuff than he is. And I know that's, yeah. I know X is different uh, position, but I, I just, I think, it, I think it's the worst time for him. <laughs> it's I thought it was bad timing just for our depth in general. Right. Yeah. Now he was on a shooting slump, which he seems to have every year. Um, right. But also his, Dylan Brooks is also on that same shooting slot. Um, I think that he'll get back because Taylor Jenkins trusts mm. him. Mm. And that's ultimately kind of where I get a little 50, 50 on Taylor is the unwillingness to try out different pieces and different combos. Like yeah. he has his guys that he knows what they can do. He knows what can he, what he, he knows what he can expect out of them reasonably. And sometimes he has a hard time riding a hot hand, um, which I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if it was him that was saying, we're going to ride triple J and jaw the entire second half. I think it might've been those two guys just saying, we're not coming out. Um, we'll really? never find that out. Uh, but I think after, you know, the week weekend we had in Memphis, I think those two guys were like, we're not doing this. Like F we're it. not, F we're it not we coming ball, out. Right. Because during the game, Jaw was going to Jenkins about a play. Like if you watch this, like he saw something on the court and was telling Taylor and they ran that play, which ultimately led to uh, Neesmith undercutting him, which all year has been a flagrant one, but fine, whatever. Um, a defenseless player in the air undercutting them has been a standard flagrant one, no matter what happens, you know. Um, I just think that Jaw and Triple J were locked in and they weren't going to come out. But I think that's why Conchar is not to get too far away off that subject, but <laughs> that's why I think Conchar is going to ultimately come back and play in the rotation is because mm. Taylor trusts him more. I mean, we had to trade freaking Grayson Allen, who sucks, because jenkins wouldn't play anyone else because he knew what he could get out of him it's is that kind of like the dylan conundrum yeah like we're on this huge run six minutes left he brings back dylan because he trusts dylan um who was a non-factor that game overall tonight so as a coach and obviously you know ryan coaches uh on a high school level right now but um as a coach, like, is it, do you feel comfortable going back to a guy? Let's say, you know, give it Grayson Allen, John Conchar, whatever, whoever the guy is, but somebody who is like that. Uh, and we'll use that for the Taylor Jenkins thing. Do you, do you go back to that guy because you know what you're going to get? And that is the ceiling and floor, like, because the floor is a little bit yeah. higher than somebody else's floor that, you know, Worst case, I trust them. They're not going to lose us the game. We're maybe not a better team with them, but also we're not going to, I guess, just lose the entire game just because they just complete S the bet. Is that why? <laughs> I think it's mostly because of defense, right? Okay. Um, I think he he knows he can put anybody around Jaw, Triple J, Bane, and you know it really doesn't matter what they do. Like Anything extra that they do is additive. I think what he looks for is defense guys who are not going to make mistakes hmm. because even though Roddy, you know, in the second half, big key offensive rebounds, had some really nice plays, had some really bad breakdowns on defense. Yeah. Um, but the Pacers just suck. Like they just stink right now. Didn't have Halliburton and all that stuff. Um, Buddy Heald was getting locked up. Um, so, I think he trusts Conchar because he trusts the defense a little more to be more consistent than Roddy. Yeah. I, I listen, I love Conchar. Okay. I I literally <laughs> have, I was about to say, you're the only person I, probably on this planet that's interviewed his college coach because of him. I, yeah, that, that's, this is true. So I still, <laughs> I literally have not ever released the last video that we did a month and a half ago. Because Conchar sucked so bad since then, I can't release the video of our interview because he <laughs> sucks so bad and nobody's going to watch the thing. So I, I'm not going to put it out. Okay? they Listen, listen. I have John Conchar's college jersey that the team sent me. I have 
the Mastodon, we are the Dons or whatever the F it's called. I have that shirt that they sent me. Like they've invited me up to games, whatever. I love Conchar. I love, I love Coach Kaufman. Let's just be honest. I love Coach Kaufman. If you if you don't know anything about uh, the Mastodon family, if you don't know anything about Purdue Fort Wayne University, uh, Coach Kaufman, uh, John Kaufman, he is um, he's awesome, man. He is a good dude, and he really does know his basketball. But um, he's very much. Literally, I have a cell phone number and we communicate, you know, not on a regular basis, but semi-regular basis, uh, just kind of congratulating on certain wins and how his team's doing. And we talk about John a little bit back and forth. And so cool guy, great dude. And I love Conchar, but man, he has sucked so bad. And I would tell him that to his face to the point of he probably he knows more than we do. Right. Let, let's just be honest. Like we're not telling him nothing. He's he hasn't heard. Yeah. But the fact that he's been in such a slump. This is probably the worst time, but I do think, like you said, I think Taylor will go ahead and go back to him one more time at least just to see what he's got in him. Because let's say he gets this little bit of break, you catch your breath, and then you know what? Maybe he does give you a little bit more of the old conchar, the old jitty that we can come and expect. And honestly, listen, we can we can take anybody that's hitting a three right now. Yes. And so like just Please. looking at, at our numbers. Uh, by the way, Buddy Hill, one of four from three. His number was four and a half. Eesh. Four and a half three-pointers on the betting number tonight, okay? And he only took four. And he only took four. Yeah, this Eesh. is it's stupid. Uh, but the Grizzlies, nine of 37 from three. Let's hit on that real quick. And <laughs> I, know, I, I don't want to go down trade central too much, okay? Yeah, okay. We can. I'm going to let you go because you're the guest. Oh, and so. I don't want to. I don't want to completely derail the conversation. I want to let you guide us. I'm just going to tee it off a little bit and see what you got. But um, this team, <laughs> answer the question one word: yes or no. Do you think this team is championship contending as currently constructed? I do. Okay, that was two words, you idiot. Um, so. <laughs> Um, uh. yeah, ship Jitty out to the white people heaven in Utah. That, that would actually be funny. He would, that's funny. Uh. I love that. Um, so, all right. So you do. Okay. What do you think that they need to do? Is there, is there a player right. because that you think that they should go after because, you know, and I'll pull up some contracts and see what kind of we're looking at money wise, but, um, it's tough. Because the Grizzlies yes. do not have a lot of money to send out. They really don't. So what do you think they should do? Is it, you know, and this, I'm talking about everybody included. Is it Dylan, Tyus, the bench, anybody? Like, what what would you make a move on? Obviously, both both sides have to agree. But what's, what's a move that you would make or something that you would do to change, if anything? See, I don't have a specific player in mind because okay. – I just don't think they're going to get anybody hmm. of substance that makes a big difference. Like everybody, every national person is saying, consolidate some of those guys and go get one guy. And five of them I, don't make up 15 million. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think there's any team that's going to sell like that, that has a prominent wing player. Like I know people have said Bogdanovich from Detroit, I hate him defensively. Like there's a reason Utah flamed out in the second round every year. Like mm. his breakdowns on defense was always terrible. I get the offense, but he is a guy who needs the ball. Right. And he is kind of in an offense rhythm player. He's does not he, really. Does, would he not benefit from being a catch and shoot guy? I think he has to be more in the flow. Wow. Okay. I like the only kind of player, like the, the only problem with all these players is contracts, right? Right. Because I know Nate has been on here and said he hates OG and the OG and Anobi trade. Yeah. And I don't love it either because I don't think it's a huge difference. I don't think it takes the Grizzlies from like a, a top two seed in the West to all of a sudden they're the favorites in the West, right? Like if I'm going to do something like that, to and his contract's not terrible, right? Like he's got two years left, I think, and a player option's like 19 in two years. Um, so it's not miserable, but 
I don't think he's that additive to where it would be a huge difference, right? I like the player. I think he's really good. I would love him on the Grizzlies, but I don't think it really moves the needle that much because even players like Duncan Robinson, who is, you know, a movement shooter who can knock down shots, is making way too much money and he's not going to move the needle that much. Um, To me, I think this roster basically stays the same. Wow. Danny Green, they want to see what Danny Green's got. And the best trade that we're going to make is we get in the playoffs and everybody in the top eight plays five to 10 more minutes. That's essentially it, right? Mm. Um, All of a sudden, Ja playing 32 minutes to 38. Triple J from 25 to 32, Bain from 32 to 38. I think it solves all those problems. Um, so I, I don't think they need to do anything. I was a believer at the beginning of the season that they needed to, but after watching this Grizzlies team, they've shot league or be- slightly below league average all season have won 32 games and are second in the West. Um, if they have any series where there's a, you know, a decent matchup, um, they just have to shoot league average, which is 35% from three and like 40 something. I have the number. I should look it up, but they have never been a good shooting team and shooting league average has them at the top of the West. So Hmm. what we've seen the past five games is them shooting huge regression. shooting. Like we're talking 20%, like tonight's 24%. It's horrible. Still win. All this team has to do is shoot league average. And guess what? But, when Baines gets six more minutes, add on to that percentage. Like Dylan, I don't trust Dylan, but at least he's not shooting 20 times a game. Um, and eventually his numbers will get a little bit better. They don't have to be Bane numbers, but he's just got to hit one or two more, right? Yep. So, all right, real quick on the Dylan thing. So my thing with Dylan and uh, Black Lives Matter says you're spitting. So. Uh, maybe quit Physically? spitting so much. No, I, I think he's actually agreeing with you. Um, actually, I know he's agreeing with you. Um, he's never, we, we've never agreed, but it's okay. We're still friends. But I, I do want to say on the Dylan stuff, he's he's learning his role, right? And I am a completely Dylan hater. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to venture that far off right here. And I apologize in advance to everybody who loves Dylan, but I just see him trying to fit this role of the efficient shooter, the lockdown defender, right? Like I see that and he's really doing a great job of that. And so I want to obviously applaud him for trying to evolve and get better with this team. Okay. I just don't see him fitting in that role. I don't like, I don't see him being an efficient shooter. I think he has to be a chucker to really get involved in the game. I really do. And so I, I don't know. I, I don't know if we continue on with him, if he is the best going to be his best version, because I think he has to be a volume shooter. And when he's mm-hmm. not, he's not in rhythm. And that's why he's looked like this is because he's trying to fit that role. And he's just not, it's just, it's terrible. Terrible. Yeah. I, that's what I've always said about Dylan. Like he's just not a spot up guy. Like he's just no. not going to be in a corner. He's just not going to do that. Yeah. Um, the question I like as we go further in this season, I, I've really kind of had a question for you because I've been thinking about it. And I think I said mm. it on one of our pods a couple oh, weeks I'm ago. I'm ready. But I'm ready. Um, is the looming free agency going to become a problem for him? Um, hmm. If, like, I have not heard anything about talks mm. with him and his agent, the contract, I have not heard a thing. Like, is there an understanding that we'll revisit it? We'll visit it after the season. Um, have they been talking at all? Like, I don't remember anything about that. And I could have missed something about that. If anybody's watching the show knows something about that, but is that potential to be a distraction for him? Mm. Whereas there's nothing like on the table from the Grizzlies. And he thinks, well, the Grizzlies asked me to do this, to take a lesser role, to be more focused on defense to not force, you know, more facilitate, but they're not talking to me about any contract or any numbers for the future. Screw this now. I've got to worry about myself. Like, is there something like that at play? Possibly for you. 
Yeah, I don't think so. You're you're talking about a guy who's making eleven point four million right now. Okay, he's going to make more, whether it's with the Grizzlies or away from here. I honestly, is he? it, yes, he is. Okay. Around the league, he's a good enough defender to make at minimum eleven four again, right? So if he's whatever he's making now, he can easily sign a three or four year contract for that same thing, right? Talking about four years, 40, four years, 45, whatever, something like that is it, easy. What I would have done is probably about three games ago when the, when the Grizzlies sucked, I would probably have went to his agent and said, Hey, can we go ahead and sign him? He's not, <laughs> he's not really playing great, but uh, I think we, we, uh, we want him for that 11, uh, four again. Yeah. Four um, for 20. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Four for 20, <laughs> four for 30. It'd be great. That con chart um, numbers. I'd do four for 40. I'm fine with that. Dylan could be four for 40. <laughs> That's kind of what he shoots from three right now. Uh, <laughs> hey, oh, uh, no, I, I think that, um, I, I think Dylan, uh, I think that could obviously, obviously come into play, but I think with a guy like Dylan, man, I don't, I don't think that kind of stuff hurts. I think only thing that can do is really help in all honesty. Mm. I really do think that that could benefit the Grizzlies by not having talks and they're mm. saying, Hey, show me. Show me your worth. Yeah. Worst case, he doesn't show them, right? And he sucks. And they can sign him for less money. The other worst case is he plays amazing and they possibly have to pay a little bit more. I just don't see that happening around the league. I don't think he's beloved around the league as much as he is in Memphis. And yeah. so I think the the high the the better end of that, I think, is the Grizzlies can say, Hey, we can get him at a decent rate, you know, in the offseason, uh, depending on what happens. Cause Obviously, if they don't win the championship and they don't go to the finals, which only two teams go to the finals, then it's kind of a sucky season in a sense, right? right. Um, and, I, and I know that's you know if they go if they go to the conference finals, I feel like that's a good season for the Grizzlies just in general. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I don't want to say if you don't go to the NBA finals, it's a loss. But if you look at it from the team side, you're like, hey, we didn't make it where we want to be, so. Uh, Obviously, there were some issues. So I, I don't mm -hmm. know. I, I do think that they're going to have to pay him at least fifteen million. I do, um, and I wouldn't. I'd say that's probably low on the low end, the way the 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 contracts are going. So, wow. we'll see. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, real quick, and I know I'll make this two seconds because we do have a large group in here. I want to talk about the upcoming games that we do have uh, with you, real quick. But before we get to there, uh, I want to kind of give our presenting sponsor, Zach Jaworski State Farm, a shout out. Uh, great guys, great team over there. Let them know that the Grizz 901 team sent you. Uh, you can call them at 901-443-4798 at ZachInsuresMemphis.com. That's Zach Jaworski State Farm here in the East Memphis and Collierville areas. Look at that. I'm getting faster, guys. I'm faster. <laughs> That's probably not their full 30 seconds, but whatever. Zach's nice. Uh, all right, so let's go into a little bit of what the future looks like, right? So the Grizzlies now, they, they play today, which is Sunday. They don't have another game until the, the 1st of February, which is Wednesday, and that's against the Blazers. The Blazers have not looked great lately. Um, Dame got hot for a little bit. Anthony Simons cooled off. What do you think? They play them at home, which is, thank God. Thank God they play them at home because right now I can't afford to take another <laughs> loss. Uh, Blazers at home. What, what are your thoughts on that? Obviously, you look around the league and you see other teams. So, any thoughts on yeah. that game? Um, Blazers have always been kind of like our thorn in our side. Yeah. Um, whether it's CJ McCollum, Anthony Simons, um, Dame, especially if he's there. Um, I, with the two days off, I actually feel better about it than I typically do. Uh, I think that's why they went so hard tonight. Is because I, they knew they were getting the two days off. Um, so they have been, the Grizzlies have been a pretty good team off a couple of days rest, which is not usually the case. Um, I think the Blazers are coming off the same thing. Or no, I think they played Monday. Um, so they only have the day in between, but it is at home. So they have to fly across the country uh, and then play here. So it must be a start of some sort of road trip for them. So um, it really is about who's available for the Blazers because it, it's like one of those things you just never know who's in night in and night out for them. Uh, yeah. So I think it'll be a good game. If we don't have Steven, it's an interesting like five out small ball matchup that I'm really curious to see. If we don't uh, have Steven. He won't be back by then, right? 
No, but but he ain't coming back until after Valentine's Day. Okay, he's got yes. a he's got a I, sweetheart date that week. I haven't even paid attention to his return. Date. <laughs> um, so I mean, Nurkic, like Nurkic is basically cooked. Like he's kind of done. Cooked. So cooked. I'm interested by the matchup if he's gonna if Taylor's gonna start. Um, why am I blanking? Xavier Tillman. Yeah, Xavier Tillman. I assume he's gonna start Xavier, but. I think it'll be a really interesting game. It's going to be fun. Um, and I'm actually expecting the Grizzlies to break out of a three-point slump mm. because the Blazers are atrocious. Like like to like to let people shoot it. So, yep. I think the Grizzlies will win, but the Blazers have always had one of their top two or three guys just absolutely torch us from the wing, and that's because yep. our perimeter defense is usually pretty suspect. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I love is the uh, stats of 21 and 3. And then look at this other one. That's 10 and 15. Mm. 21 and 3 is Grizzlies at home. 10 and 15 is the Blazers on the road. They do have a three-game road trip. Uh, They're playing Monday. uh, And then they have to fly across the country, whatever, for the most part, um, and play the Grizzlies on the first game of the road trip before they head up to uh, Washington. And I think it's Chicago, maybe. I'm not sure. But um, I I think it's going to be a tough game. And I think if... If Dame gets hot, dude, it can it can be bad. But Dame is never the one that kills us. It's always the two guy. It's, it's always, always CJ McCollum. Yep. It's always Anthony Simons. And I, I think it was last time Anthony Simons went off again. Uh, so hopefully he's on a cold streak and we don't have any issues there. But the Grizzlies then have a game the next day on the second. They play the Cavs. The Cavs, I would imagine, are still without Donovan Mitchell at that point. I know he's getting closer to coming back, but I don't know enough about that situation to know. I don't think he's yeah. back, right? I mean, he did play. Who did he play against? He, he played against someone recently, but I think he re-injured something or had an additional injury after. Okay, so I, he I did come remember. back today. Today, he did come back, but he only played 20 minutes. So, yeah, he is back, I guess, for the most part. I know he was coming back. I wasn't sure exactly if he was all the way back. Um but I'm not way. sure about Jared Allen either. Like, does he have something? I felt like I saw something with him recently. But Brother, man, I can't keep up with my kids. Let alone dude, we're trying. It's to talk hard about to Jared keep Allen. up with all these guys. Like, it is just prime time for everybody to have something. It's impossible. Jared Allen played to tonight. Out. Okay, he did play tonight. Yeah, their starting lineup played. Their normal starting lineup played. Um, so even Dean Wade played. That's uh. Oh, I know they've been missing him for a while. Yeah, that's Dwayne's son, right? <laughs> Uh, so what do you think about that game? So that's going to be, obviously, it's on TNT. It's the it's second half of a back-to-back. The Grizzlies do have travel, right? So they're going to have to fly up to Cleveland. Uh, beautiful, beautiful Cleveland. Um, they're going to fly out there for the TNT game. If you had to put a number on that, what's oh, the line on that? Because I know we're betting people. What's the line on that game? On the road, <laughs> on major television, Grizzlies... Yes. Grizzlies plus nine and a half. No, it's not that high. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I definitely think the Cavs will be favored. If Mitchell's favored. playing. I'd say two and a half. I would say something like that too. If Donovan is there. Um, yeah. I'm really looking forward to this game. I love the first matchup. Like, I think I even tweeted that this is like my hypothetical favorite NBA finals matchup that won't happen. Because this is this would just be a it's a fantastic matchup, right? Um, I hope Bane's back. I assume Bane they're just doing some rest stuff because you got to have him for this kind of game. Like Cavs are a top team in the East. You need your top guys to kind of showcase. But that has not been our thing this year is showing out on uh, national games, which has been depressing because we've been complaining for so long that we don't get any national televised game and then when we finally get a bunch of nationally televised games we no show (laughs) yeah so hopefully they actually show up for this one but i think it will be another close game i could see the Cavs winning it this is like the only one of the week that i could see them losing because just like we had that five game losing streak it's nice to get a win back under your belt time to bounce back win one at home go travel we know that's 50 50 there and then just kind of see where we're at before we head into the um, – oh, who's the third game? 
I can't remember. Uh, next week, February. That is the Raptors. Raptors. At home. Okay. Yep. So Grizzlies do have, you know, just kind of looking through this, you know, you have the Blazers at home. Then you go on the road on a back-to-back like we were talking about on Thursday. TNT game at Cavs. And then you come back home on Sunday. So they do have a little bit of a break, right? So if you are playing your double, your, your back-to-back Thursday, you have another two-day break. You play the Raptors at home on Sunday. Tuesday, you have the Bulls. The schedule gets a little bit lighter, okay? They just ran through the gauntlet, all right? They went to the West Coast, played bad basketball. But really, we're talking about getting up to the, I guess, the All-Star break, Valentine's Day, if that's easier to understand. Um, I think it's on the 19th is the actual All-Star game. And so um, just looking at it, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games until the All-Star break, okay? That's going to be a little bit of a break, majority for everybody, except for Ja. I don't see anybody else going to the All-Star weekend. Maybe Bain, if they want to bring him on for a three-point shooting, but most of the time they usually just get guys that are already there because they don't care about the product that much, uh, in all <laughs> honesty. Um, and so at that point, we're we're close to, what, twenty under 25 games, I'd imagine? Close to 25 games the rest of the way. So this thing is winding down quick. Okay, and so I, I'm looking at it from this standpoint. Before the before we get to the All Star break, I think it's going to be a fairly simple, not not easy schedule, but the, it lightens up a little bit. It's not as much back to back. It's a little bit more, you know, at home. So I'm feeling better about that. But after the All Star break, it does get a little bit busier. When you talk about you open up with the 76ers away, Nuggets home. And then the Lakers back at home, that's good to have those home games. Uh, you're not having to go back on the West Coast trip. But uh, the Grizzlies have a decent little uh, schedule coming up, though, in March. So February, if we get through it, all-star break, catch our breath, and then maybe we're back on the road for 25 or less games the rest of the way. And you know what? Who knows what could happen at that point? <laughs> in all honesty. All yeah, right. the, Go ahead. They uh they did what I wanted them to do in January, which I believe yeah. it ends at fifteen and ten for the month. Um, for January or ten and five. I mean, I'm sorry. I was about to say ten and sorry. five. Ten like... and five. Sorry. Um, that's that was kind of the baseline of what I wanted them to do because it yes. kind of helps keep the margin a little bit in the standings where they don't really have to push as hard late. Um. I don't know what's going to happen with the trade deadline. So maybe can pick up a couple cheap wins right before that all-star break with some teams kind of sleepwalking, like hoping to get a break. Right. But I think they did enough in January to create a sufficient amount of margin and wins to where they don't have to coast, but they don't have to go all out. Right. Like when it was the year before. Yeah. Um, where they just they had to bring it every single night, every single week to even get in the play-in spot or get in against the Jazz or whatever. Um, so I think they they did their work in January to set them up themselves up to where March we kind of might be pulling our hair out a little bit if they're five hundred. Um, so I think they did enough in January to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Grizzlies are going to get back rolling again. It's weird because you go 11 games in a row, you're winning. It's honestly, it feels easy as a fan. Everything's going right. You feel, you know what, we're, we're, feeling, uh, we're feeling good, right? And then all of a sudden you lose <laughs> these games. You're like, what is happening? Like yes. the world's coming to an end. It's terrible, but it's, you know what? It's so much fun to be back winning again, to hear Pete Pranica say, you know, hammer nail coffin. It's always... Uh, it's always a good sound, and so I'm excited. I'm the Grizzlies are back on track. I really do. Uh, that second half showed me that the coach, the players, they're all kind of understanding their roles and what they need to do, and how to really just honestly secure a win. And I think that's important. Uh, one thing I want to talk about before we get out of here is what's going on in Memphis. I don't want to get political. I don't want to talk about anything. I don't want to talk about race. I don't want to talk about anything in general besides being nice to each other. We never know what people are going through, um, and I think that's important. And I know we've kind of had somewhat of the same same kind of, uh, I guess, talk uh, on here before. Uh, but Memphis is is a 
is a great city that a lot of people don't know about. And it's a, it's a big city, but it's small because everybody ends up knowing everybody. Um, we gotta, we gotta take care of each other. And what, what those videos showed me is that there are bad people still obviously out in the world and in good positions, there's bad people. Uh, but we got to look out for each other and we got to make the right decisions. There's a lot of people that made some bad decisions, um, during that thing. And so I, I don't want the city of Memphis to have the black eye that, that often it's had. And it's, and that part of life sucks is to be so proud of a city and, you know, your friends that all live here and do it, have a black eye. That part sucks in life, but you know what? We're going to be better for it. And I feel like uh, a lot of good things are coming from it, uh, but it will never bring back uh, a life that we lost. So just make sure we're, we're good to each other. And make sure we stick up for each other and make sure we always watch out for each other because that's the the biggest thing we can always do is make sure we take care of each other. And that's why we always say be nice and tell your friends uh, because we want to make sure that we are being, you know, good as we possibly can be because it's so easy to to honestly just be lazy, be bad and just not care about others. But uh, but when you care for somebody, it really does mean a lot to them, but also uh, it'll make you feel better. Honestly, it's easier to smile and, uh, life is, uh, life is better when you're smiling through it. So, uh, Ryan, I can't thank you enough for coming in here. Um, obviously we're going to get you back on more, especially probably during playoffs, <laughs> playoff time. It'll be yeah. a lot better when you're not coaching as much. Um, but a couple weeks go, left. Yeah. Go check him just, out. Woo. Yeah. Go check him out. He's going to have, uh, some other people on with him, uh, this week. And so make sure we're going to do a little bit of crossover. Who knows if Cody shows up, he didn't show up here. All right. Screw you, Cody. Bye. Yeah. Get out of here. I, I guarantee he's asleep. He'll text me tomorrow morning at 6am. <laughs> Fell asleep on the couch. All right. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be good. So check out the Grizz number one podcast. Uh, we're doing some, uh, fun things over here. We're going to make sure we have content for you. Um, we're not going to shut off the flow valve. We're going to open that sucker up the more, the closer we get to uh, the playoffs. And so last year, you know how we did it. We uh, we opened it up wide and we were doing shows every single game. It was amazing. So uh, Ryan, you have anything before we got it here? No, that that's what I was saying. But this week we're going to have Nate and Chris on from other shows uh, from No Fault Bluffing for Chris. And you see Nate more on here. Um, so he'll be with us. So if I can shake Cody loose, then we'll actually have those episodes. But that'll probably be later in the week, Thursday, Friday, and that kind of yeah. range. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for coming in. Subscribe, obviously, to um, the podcast. Also, hit the subscribe button on YouTube. Uh, give us a rate review. It's always good to uh, help us kind of get in that algorithm. Find find the algorithm flow, right? <laughs> or ride the wave. <laughs> all right, but that's all we have. Let's have another great week. Be nice and tell your friends. <laughs>